This is WCSU 411, the podcast that gives you all the news about what's happening at Western Connecticut State University. Today, we're going to have a biology professor bringing gossip from the science building. And we have another biology professor, Tom Philbrick, talking about his hobby, which is a And we normally have Chantel Williams, our co-host, coming in to talk about events, but Chantel in air quotes, called in sick today and can't join us to give the event. So Pete and I are going to give you a quick rundown of upcoming events in place of Chantel, and we'll invite her back for next week to take over the regular events. If she's lucky. If she's lucky, yeah. Yeah. The WCSU Marketing Association is a high-profile student club that wins awards in national university competitions every year and offers marketing services to local businesses. Anna Adabambo and Alejandro Calderon are two students getting real-world experience right here at Western Connecticut State University. Anna, you're the president of the Marketing Association, right? Yes, I'm co-presidents with Natalie Carnazza. Right, who couldn't be here today because mm-hmm. she has class. And um, uh, Alejandro, you're the uh, head of agency at Ansel, is that right? Yeah, I'm also co-director with um, David Cauley. Oh, great. All right. So let's just start about the uh, Marketing Association in general. You guys get together once a week with other students, right? Yeah, so um, currently we get together twice um, because our case class, um, we participate in the case competition. So we're meeting Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then sometimes our agency clients will want to meet with us throughout the week. Hmm. So the case competition is you're doing a marketing plan for somebody who comes into the university, right? Right. So our um, sponsor for AMA is Cotton Inc. So we're doing market research on how to get 13 to 17 year olds to have brand awareness of cotton and want to purchase our products purchase cotton products products made and out of cotton Mm -hmm. the material and can you just give us a few secrets about how you would do that just one well um i don't want to step out of bounds because ama members are um, we can't allow anybody who's not an AMA member to discuss um, the competition or our work. Um, it's actually in our So this contract. is actually serious. You're mm-hmm. not just fooling around. No. <laughs> no. Okay. But you're going to come up with a, a marketing plan that will be aimed at, what, 13 to 17-year-olds? Is that yes. what you said? And make them aware of cotton products and want to buy them, right? Which is hard. Isn't that hard? Don't you yes. sometimes come into these things and say, what are we going to do? Get a little... St- not stage fright, but uh, worry about whether you can accomplish this. Right. Yeah, it is overwhelming, especially since they're minors. So it makes mm. market research a little tricky with um, consent from parents needed. Mm. So um, how do you start out? Just brainstorming? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, coming up with any ideas that anybody thinks. Um, our advisors are great, and they help us out a lot. I'm very thankful for them. Hmm. Okay, so you do you also, as a the marketing association, get together and promote marketing on campus, or do uh, fun events for students? Um, we do hold a lot of events. Um, we're thinking of having a paintball um, soon. We want to go to Angry Orchard with some students. Um, we try to have fun. Um, we're a fun group, not just uh, all work. Mm-hmm. 
And do you find, uh, do on campus, do students understand what marketing is if they aren't marketing students? Definitely uh, in clubs. Sorry, go ahead. No, um, so in clubs, like Anna was saying, um, people do know, but there is a misconception of marketing being just like advertising and like cheesing your way to selling somebody something or things like that. Mm-hmm. How come you don't think feel like that? I don't know, how do you? How did you get into marketing and uh, figure out that it wasn't cheesy? Um, well, how I got into marketing, I was definitely interested in the creative side, and then as I got to learn more about market research, um, I kind of shifted. But I do appreciate um, both disciplines. So, um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's okay. What uh, got you into marketing, um, and how do you? Um, uh, deal with uh, other people, students and others, who say marketing, that's how you uh, trick people into buying something. Um, okay, so the first part, how I got into marketing, definitely content creation and kind of having like a tone or like a message you want to get across. Um, in high school, I took AP language and mm. that helped me understand rhetoric. So um, I'm not the best at writing, but I definitely saw the connection between it's not just what you say, but how you say it and connecting with your intended audience and that importance is especially um, critical in making sure that, you know, the money that you're spending to create um, campaigns is um, put in the most effective way. Mm -hmm. And then to those who have the misconception, there are various um, avenues you can take with marketing all the time. We have guest speakers coming into our WMA meetings and they're not just in sales. Um, last night we had Gene Dos Santos. He works in affiliate marketing. So he talks um, about his role. Um, the week prior or a couple weeks ago, we had a freelancer come in. They were talking about WordPress and search engine optimization known mm -hmm. as SEO. So it's definitely, you know, there's things on the back end of things, knowing software like Adobe, WordPress, and then there's others such as market research where you're doing like surveys, um, re research academic, you know, looking through academic databases. Mm -hmm. Alejandro, what, how did you get into it? Um, so I got into marketing, <clears throat> I got into marketing because of social media marketing. Um, before I got into it, I had no idea of all these avenues in marketing, like Anna was saying, and um, learning about them just kind of made me fall in love with it. Um, so yeah, social media marketing was, I thought it was really cool how you could promote a business and like make your own spin on it. Like you could go the funny route, the serious route. Um, but yeah, you can like bring any skills into marketing and that's what I like the most about it. Mm -hmm. And it's very complex, like you both said. It's, there's a lot of different ways you can go. Mm -hmm. And so what are you, Alejandro, are you, what uh, year are you? I'm a senior. So what are you planning to do afterwards? After you graduate, I mean. Um, this is a question I always have trouble answering um, because there's so many avenues of marketing. Mm -hmm. I, I've grown love for the analytical side of marketing. Mm. Um, interestingly enough, because if you would have asked me this a couple months ago or last year, I would never think I'd want to work with numbers, but working with like Google Analytics and seeing how companies progress and stuff, it's actually really interesting. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'd take that route. How about you, Anna? Are you a senior? I'm a junior. Mm. And what career path are you thinking about? Um, well, I did initially take interest in analytics. I've always been good at math. Mm. Um, but I do like content creation as well. 
Um, but if there's a way I can combine market research, analytics, and content creation, that would be ideal. Mm-hmm. But um, there's just a lot of options. I could go straight into um, the workforce, or I can go to grad school, mm. study abroad. There's really, I try not to narrow my focus without doing research first. But in the next year, I'll be planning or starting to plan. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you want to be the CEO of the market. I get that firm. a lot, yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, now I lost my train of thought. Uh, the Okay, so the Marketing Association, you guys are very busy. You take that on in addition to your classes, classwork, right? Yes. You're maybe one of the most, the busiest clubs on campus. Don't Isn't it considered a club? Yeah, we are a club. Yeah, and you compete nationally mm-hmm. and have been very successful. Right? What's your last award that you won? Well, nine of them. Yeah. (laughs) It's quite the list. Um, We had, we came in top five for the small chapters. Um, Nationally, we had honorable mention in numerous competitions. So last year, our case competition, our marketplace simulation, and our website um, submission got honorable mention. We got third place for both our recruitment video and our exhibit booth mm-hmm. and i think there's some i'm forgetting alejandro <laughs> no there definitely is um it was our advisor ronald oh, Jostenko. Right. he won outstanding advisor oh yeah nationally right yeah it's a pretty big deal did it go to his head is he hard to work with now no he actually doesn't like to yeah, <laughs> bring no, he it doesn't up. like to hear about it he's very <laughs> humble yes so when you pick an area in marketing like analytics does that automatically put you at odds with the, like, say, uh, creation people? Is there that division you kind of hate each other after that, after you pick your area? I haven't seen that yet, probably because I haven't been in the workforce. Mm-hmm. Um, in the marketing club, we kind of have to do a little bit of everything. Mm. But I'm kind of sure maybe in the real world there is that kind of divide, but I don't think so. I think it depends on personalities because yeah. – um, I think yesterday we were talking about it in case how everybody kind of needs to work together. We can't just be divided into our own like sub teams or subcommittees. Um, so it's actually essential to not have a divide. Um, but of course, like Alejandro said in the workforce, you're going to have all sorts of people to deal with. So hopefully, I mean, luckily in WMA, we haven't had that issue. Mm-hmm. Just because we're so um, not goal oriented, but our focus is really on getting the job done and not um, just having the minimum. We want to have mm-hmm. the extra effort put in to have something more refined. And it's good you're thinking about it now because you're definitely going to have that in the future. Uh, people being in silos, right? So you have to mm-hmm. figure out how to break them down mm-hmm. or be will- being willing to break them down. That's good. And how did you become the president, Anna, or co-president? Um, so last year, um, the last year's eboard wanted to start transitioning mm-hmm. um, it, the new eboard just so it would be easier. And because of all the responsibilities that everyone has on eboard, it would for me to come in in August and start doing my job. It, we would not be able to compete for um, in New Orleans in May mm. or sorry in March. So it was around March, April. They had applications. So um, I, along with Natalie and everyone else on eBoard, put in applications and advisors and the current eBoard would kind of look at our skills, what we competed in, if we went to New Orleans, and just try to um, 
be- put us in a in our the role best fit for our abilities. Mm-hmm. And so you were okay with taking on that responsibility of president then? Yes. That's good. And let's talk about the agency at Ansel. Is that like uh, a case study, but you're actually working for a um, business? So agency at Ansel works like a real marketing agency. Um, we take on clients. Um, we right now have a motivational speaker that we're working with, trying to help her website and help her social media. We've worked with the uh, Portuguese Cultural Center. Um, it's like hands-on marketing work, and it's, that's um, it's my favorite part, obviously, because I'm working in it most of my like days. Um, so it's really great experience. Uh, it's amazing on your resume. You can like get this hands-on experience, and once you get out to the real world, you have already done these things that they're looking for. And um, I think it gives you a good edge. So you get paid for that, right? Or they pay into the something? We get our fundraising account. Mm. Um, so when we won Top Small Chapter um, 2017 to 18, we got $500. And I think we got um, um, something along that lines for a second for being in the top five at least mm-hmm. but well, we're not like individually paid for our positions no i know but agency at ansel those the clients pay something to something we accept not? donations oh, okay um but we don't require you to pay us anything no kidding so how do you choose your client do you have one a semester um no we try to choose clients that we think um would help us and that we could help them the best um we have think tanks for wma and sometimes those think tanks turn into agency clients Mm -hmm. um it kind of just like comes along sometimes somebody will know uh, a company or owner and they'd say i think you'd make a good client Um, we'd sit down with them see what we could do and then take them on as a client potentially so i i'm out in the community a lot representing the university and people in business and other things come up to me and say hey don't you have some kind of marketing thing going on there where i could come in with my business and get a marketing plan so what should i tell them you have different things you offer <laughs> it's um <laughs> should i tell them to go away or no, should i no, uh, definitely okay. um a marketing plan is to us that's at least 10 pages like of mm-hmm. research um strategizing positioning um targeting so mm-hmm. It has. I don't want to say it has to be a little bit specific, but if they give us like their objectives, what they want from us, then we can't like just or they can't. Well, they can, but it's not going to be. That's the too best. broad, though. Yeah, it's very them. broad. It needs to be much more specific. So if they say, "Hey, I really need to figure out social media," can somebody in uh, the university help me do that? Would that work? Definitely, yeah. I can, and then you, I would say, I would connect you, I would say, okay, I'm connecting you to, to Anna, to Anna, sorry. And what would happen then? So I would, um, when we receive clients, like, inquiries, um, we forward to, we forward them to Alejandro and David and also our advisors. So they actually do more so the planning. Um, I, Natalie and I can field requests or even people, members um, all the time are saying we have a potential client. Mm-hmm. So we just have um, the directors and advisors kind of screen them, make sure that um, it's something that, you know, they're also, do they know what they're looking for and can mm. we provide it? And how do they become, how do you decide whether they're a case study or agency for Ansel or something else? 
ancient Seattle answer. Well, do you want to take that, Alejandro? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the case study is a once a year semester. Once a year, yeah. Once a year thing. It's through the AMA, the American Marketing Association. So oh, okay. we can so choose. That could be a national thing. Yeah. Um, so they pay the American, the company. This year it's Cotton. They pay the American Marketing Association, um, and then they, the American Marketing Association, sends it to all the schools who are competing in the case competition. And then we compete in who can make the best plan and with the budget and all that, uh, while agency is our own personal clients, and we get to choose those um, people come to us, like we were explaining. I see. And you take more than one a, a semester, or how does that work? Um, for the case competition, it's once a year. Mm -hmm. um, but for agency, we take on as many as we think we can handle. Cool. So I should look for when people come to me. I should say, yeah, they uh, also. Um, it would be good if you made a donation to whatever. What is it? The f travel fund? Is that what you said? Um, we do our general fundraising account, but typically we use that towards um, travel, mm -hmm. um, especially since we're increasing the amount from 12 students to 16 students who mm -hmm. are going to be competing this year. Two years ago, it was only 10. So yeah. we are growing and every little bit helps. So I should say they should donate $1,000, right? I it don't want to put a max. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't have to be a specific amount, but anything helps. Yeah. Have you had more than a thousand dollars donated? I think so, but I haven't. Ooh. I haven't well, seen good. it in my time. Mm. All right, I'll say a minimum of a thousand dollars. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so just a quick. Let's do a quick agency at Ansel for this podcast. We need more listeners to this podcast. What should we do? More listeners for this podcast. Okay, so first you have to look at who who do you want to listen to the podcast? Who listens to it now? Um, so, for example, if right now it's just WestCon students that listen to it, um, how do you reach more WestCon students? What are WestCon students using? Are they using Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat? Then you go on those f platforms and try to advertise. Um, mm. We have to also look through your budget. How much money do you have to spend? Um, it's so many ways to look at it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, you're going to start listening now, right? Of course. And you'll tell your friends. Yeah, I was looking at um, the SoundCloud page with other podcasts, and I was listening to those. Oh, good. But you listen to the other ones besides us? Besides um, this one? Well, there's Gavin Grow. Yes. And I, I don't know any besides those two. Besides ours and Gavin Grow. Yeah. Okay. And did you like them? Yeah, I thought they were very insightful. Um, people that I know around campus, I didn't know how involved they were. And I was like, oh, like they, they know or they are involved with um, this organization or... Um, department. Mm -hmm. Good. So you could be a, um, um, what do we call it, a uh, promo, right? For We could put you on as a promo for, and put you in a poster and stuff and put you on Facebook. Not Facebook. That's not cool anymore. Snapchat. <laughs> we use Facebook. We use you Facebook. Do? We use Facebook a lot. Oh, okay. Good. All right. So will you guarantee that we'll double our reader, our listenership? We can't guarantee anything. We hmm. need to know those numbers first. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. So <clears throat> it's kind of a science and an art. That's a great way to put it. Mm-hmm. Which makes it said. interesting. Huh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Good. Are you still looking for new members in the WMA, or is that closed for the semester? No, we're, you can join the last week of school if you wanted mm -hmm. to. We're not exclusive at all. We welcome all majors. 
Do you have a, all majors? That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And do you have a set time you meet? Yeah, so agency meets Tuesdays at 4 o'clock in Eric in the bottom floor of the classroom building. On the West Side campus? Yes, on mm-hmm. West Side. And WMA meets in the campus center in room 212 at mm-hmm. 5.30. So on, it goes straight from agency no to kidding. WMA on um, West Side. Yeah, so you both, you all just move from one room mm-hmm. to the other mm-hmm. and keep talking about the yes. same kind of stuff? Yeah. Cool. Excellent. And how many members do you have now? We, well, I don't want to say we fluctuate, but sometimes um, we could have 30 people. Sometimes it's only 15, but, you know, within the 20, 25 range. Mm-hmm. Good. Consistently. All right. Thanks for joining me. Great job. Thank you yep, for having thank us. Thank you for having mm-hmm. us. We'll have you on again, okay? When you win that competition, we'll bring you back on. Yes, after spring break. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's when we leave. All righty. Good. Good luck with that. Thank, thank you so you. much. See you later. Canwood Lake is a big deal in this region. Even if you never go to the lake, you know it's there. It's a big part of the economy. If you like to fish and ski, water ski, it's a big deal. And uh, so at the university, we have incorporated into many of our science curricula. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more today. And we may have Rada singing again. Are we going to have that, Pete? I think we're not going to have her sing. Oh, shucks. (laughs) But keep an eye out in in future weeks. Yeah. I want to let you know about some cool stuff going on in the science building. So what's cool about science at WestCon is we have several disciplines within the same building. And so we cross paths occasionally. We chat with each other in the hallways. So we're not isolated in terms of all the biology people being separate from the chemistry people, from the physics people, uh, from the meteorology people. Uh, But there's some cool stuff going on right now. So... Um, Just a couple nights ago, we had the first in a series of lake symposia. And so what these are is uh, we're bringing in people from the community. And this is part of the new master's degree in integrative biological diversity that has just launched this fall at WestCon. And a big part of this program is it's hardcore science, but it's also... Uh, an understanding of with, if you're interested in biological diversity, you need to, that often will involve some kind of science policy element or a communication element. And so uh, there's a series of events that are bringing in community members to understand uh, about some of these key issues in our local area. And the, the first uh, series of talks that we're having is related to lakes and the needs of people living on lake communities and how we keep our lakes healthy. And so this past Monday night, we had a great uh, session with lots of uh, public interaction. Lots of students were there and uh, talking about the needs of lake communities, specifically related to uh, something called Eurasian water milfoil, uh, which is an invasive plant that gums up our lakes. And uh, one approach to managing that is something called triploid grass carp. And uh, these are carp that can be a fish that can be released into the lakes and eats the eats the milfoil. And some lake communities are having success with this, and others are not. Um, and so it was a great forum for for discussing, you know, how whether or not these fish are working, uh, what could be done to enhance the success. Um, are there concerns about the fish eating too many plants? So uh, it was a great uh, community discussion. 
And coming up with those lake symposia, there's there'll be another one on Monday, October 21st. Again, these are free and open to the public. And the topic will be how can we help Connecticut manage the water quality of our lakes? And we will have some faculty members from the from the biology department speaking, uh, Dr. Edwin Wong, who's been testing local lakes for cyanobacteria, which um, are more commonly known as blue-green algae. Uh, that can produce a toxin that makes the lakes not safe to swim in. Um, and Dr. Uh, Theodora Pinu, who's been organizing these symposia, she'll also be uh, a part of that. And then many community members. So just a cool science night going on in the science building, uh, refreshments included, and um, lots of time for discussion and questions. So it's not just an a, you know, droning scientist <laughs> for an hour. Um, it's a panel discussion and uh, interspersed with questions. So that is a fun thing for anyone to take in that's going on in the science building. Yeah, so just a reminder, the next Lake Symposium will be October 21st. These all take place in Science Building Room 125, right on the first floor from 7 to 9 p.m. Um, but there is a break in the middle for some light refreshments. And um, just a heads up, there's also will be another one on November 25th talking about the value of the lake and monetizing the social benefits of lakes. Because if we want to uh, protect lakes, we need to convince people that there's a, there's a benefit, and often that includes an economic benefit to local communities. It's time to mention that this excellent podcast and the other WCSU podcasts all come to you from Western Connecticut State University, which offers a high-quality, affordable education. If you have questions about enrolling at WestCon, send an email to admissions at wcsu.edu. Dr. Tom Philbrick is one of our best-known professors here at Western Connecticut State. He's a biology professor. He actually is a CSU professor, which is the highest title we can give out here. He is very active, and he goes to Brazil every year to look for unknown plants that live in fast-flowing rivers. That's his expertise. But we're not going to talk about any of that today. Hey everybody, Pete here. Uh, I wanted to talk to some people from the WCSU community um, that we all know them as one thing. We see one side of who they are, but everybody has other sides. And so this was kind of a chance to highlight that. So this is the, the first and what I hope is uh, many of these little conversations with people to shine a light on something they do outside of what we all know them for. Dr. Tom Philbrick. Yes. Okay. Uh, what we're here to talk about is something you do in what I'm sure is loads of spare time, which is cider making, mm -hmm. apple cider. Absolutely. Okay. Do you make just soft cider, just hard cider, both? Uh, Short-term soft cider. Okay. Uh, what we do is, over the years, my wife and I have rebuilt three or four cider presses, you know, old cider presses from under people's barns, and mid-October or so, we get... Um, a bin of apples from a local orchard, six or seven hundred pounds of apples. Wow. And we uh, purchased a fruit mill, which grinds up the apples. Sure. And we, so we grind up the apples, put them in muslin bags, put them in our press, and press them. 
So apple cider is has no additives. It's just whatever the mix of apples is is the taste you get. Okay. Have you found any particular apples that are better or worse? Uh, that's uh, yes and no. Um, a bin of apples. Actually, I should have elaborated. They are cider apples. Okay. And in, around here, what that means is the apples that have come off the apple assembly line, and they've been identified as seconds. Let's maybe they're too small, they're too large, they're overripe, Got it. they're misshapen, and then they they're shunted off to the side and put into a bin. So they're a mixed match they're from the get-go. Exactly. Okay. They're a mixed match. So you got can it. have, you name it, we got it in that bin. Okay. So six or 700 pounds of apples, how much cider does that make volume-wise? It makes me look bad. Each year, <laughs> each year I decide this is the year I'm going to measure. I'm going to keep track, and I never do. So sure. I'm going to guess 70 or 80 gallons of cider. Okay. I wow. could be 10 or 15 gallons off. Sure. Ballpark, yeah. But, okay. But some of our neighbors... We drink it, of course. Some of it immediately goes into a pot on the stove, and we add mulling spices and oh, have sure. mull cider. And some of our neighbors bring five-gallon carboys to bring cider back for for whatever their interest is. A neighbor across the street, street makes wine. A, a couple neighbors make um, hard cider. Our son makes hard cider. Yep. Other people, there's one fellow who makes Applejack. Oh, and let me tell right. you, you only, you only drink a little bit of that. Yeah, sure. And then a lot of people just bring it home for for enjoyment. Yeah. It's not pasteurized, so you have to drink it, I'd say, within 48 hours. Keep it, it refrigerated and drink it soon. Okay. And also, don't drink a lot. Uh, one cup, a cup and a half perhaps, because uh, cider has a lot of pectin in it. Okay. And if you have, drink a lot of cider... You can have a lot of pectin. If you have a lot of pectin, you're going to be regular, so to speak, at least yeah. for a short period of time. Sure. Yeah. Um, how long have you been doing it? When's the first time you you made homemade cider? Uh, probably when I was eight. Oh wow. Okay. But you know, most recently, six or seven years ago, maybe eight years ago, okay. I had a class where we're going to make cider, so I, I made a, a quick press, and we ground up the apples in a um, in a steel bucket which didn't work particularly well. And then we pressed them with a homemade press that I made using a, a bottle jack, and that didn't work particularly well either. So from there, I actually found some used presses online, Craigslist probably, and completely rebuilt those. And for the first year or two, we, we ground up the apples using a modified uh, garbage disposal unit, <laughs> which I had to take the safety device out of. Naturally. And it, and it worked well, but you, you had to uh, add the apples one at a time. Six or seven hundred Six or seven hundred pounds, pounds of apples. So that takes a long <laughs> one time. One at a time, yeah. So a few years ago, I looked online and ended up getting one of these uh, fruit mills. And the fruit mill is, is stainless steel. It's easy to clean. Um, easily, easy to maintain, and you can basically pour a, a bucket of apples in uniformly, and it works quite well. Great. The price is a little stiff. Well, sure. So when my uh, my wife first asked me how much did the apple mill cost, the fruit mill cost, I said, well, it was free shipping. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about that. <laughs> nice. So you're you're going to make cider on campus, correct? Yes, twice. Okay. On, on the 18th of this month. The Friday. The Friday. That's the, I guess, the reopening of Higgins Hall. Yep. And I think we're going to be doing doing making cider in the quad. Then the next morning, from what I understand, by the science building for the weather art 
Oh, the, uh, the symposium. Yeah, symposium. Yep. We'll be making cider there as well. Great. Are people welcome to come and watch, obviously? Can people Absolutely. get in there and, and help out? Absolutely. Okay. The more people take the work away from me, the Great. better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and as I mentioned, the, the cider is not going to be pasteurized. Yep. But I've never had a problem in the past. Sure. The apples have all been washed. And anyone who would like to come along and see what it's like to make real cider, come on down. Bring a mug. Bring a mug, exactly. <laughs> Great. Or bring containers. If you want some, you know, gallon to a cider, bring a yeah. container and okay. take it home. Great. Anything else about cider making you want to? Oh, no. you had mentioned something about uh, cider in England one day when we were talking. Yes. My understanding is that the word cider in England is implies hard cider. Okay. So it's implied it's got alcohol. But here in the U.S., at least in the Northeast, cider means soft cider. And if you mean alcohol in cider, you say hard cider. Sure. So there's a semantic difference. Cider in southern England is, you know, they've been making cider there for, oh, God, seven or 800 years. <laughs> one of the, in due time, when I retire, I want to visit southern England in October and see there's these massive cider yeah. production units going on. Yeah. Oftentimes, individual towns have their distinct cider orchards. You know, orchards of apples for cider. Yeah. Is not for eating. in each town, or do they? Uh, I, yes. I wonder, yeah. And then I guess what they do often is mix and match. Oh, okay. Certain proportions of apples from one orchard mixed with certain proportions from another, and they make whatever their local blend is. Great. And then it's sent out to be fermented. Your particular orchard that you get apples from, is that, you said somewhere local? Yes. Am I allowed to say that? Oh, sure. Uh, Rogers Orchards in Southington. Okay. I'm sure they'd be happy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're really accommodating. Okay. Great. The price is good. It's efficient. Excellent. I think that about does All it. All right. I don't We're know done. what else to say about cider. <laughs> There's nothing more to say. Excellent. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Pleasure's mine. So, of course, Pete, we'll be talking about the homecoming week and all that work you're going to be doing. But the week after, you know, is a big week, too. It's a Macrocasas experience where we're celebrating not only the family of Dino Macrocasas, who's a longtime donor, but also a bunch of fun things that are happening, uh, fun and interesting and important things that are happening all next week, too. And a lot of it's happening in and around the newly renovated Higgins Hall, right? That is correct. Yeah. The home of the Macrocasa School of Arts and Sciences. There you go. Anybody who hasn't seen it yet, come down and check it out. It's a really cool building. It's one of those spaces that when I was here as a student and over the last years has been just sort of... It was a dump. Yeah. It was kind of dark. Yeah. And it's, it, the, just, if nothing else, the light in that building now is, is really impressive. Yes. So... Oh, that's good that you thought said that because that is actually what they concentrated on. Oh, good. <laughs> is to get making life much better. Successful. Yeah. And the outside patio, it faces the quad and yeah. is welcoming. You never knew how to get in. It was like a prison kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so outside on that patio, they're going to have, on October 18th, they'll have uh, an opportunity where you can go in and tie-dye a shirt. Nice. They're very excited about that. They want all students to go and tie-dye shirts there. I haven't done that in a long time. No, and if you haven't tied out a shirt, it is kind of fun. Uh, I haven't done it in a long time either. But also, you can make, they'll have a pile of apples there and a cider press, and you can make apple cider. And I have actually never made my own apple cider, but I have had fresh 
pressed apple cider, and yep. it is good. It's, it's very different from the, the thing you get from the grocery store. Yeah, it's uh, even different from an apple. Yeah, I've never pressed my own cider, but I have made hard cider from mm. freshly pressed, unpasteurized. How was that? So it was excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Not too sweet? No. Well, yeah, and you get to choose, too. You can make it as sweet or dry as you want. Yeah. So, uh, so that's the 18th is the tie-dyeing and the cider making. Yep. Also, you can take a tour of Higgins Hall if you haven't been in there yet. Oh, great. That starts at 5. Oh, there's like uh, hors d'oeuvres and stuff at that, wow. too. Wow. Yeah. And then all the rest of the week, we'll have a couple of interesting speakers and um, other Macrocasas-related stuff. Sure. The big one, is it the 22nd? Is that the, is the that concert Thursday? and the... Yeah. Then we have a guy named Reginald Dwayne Betts. He started uh, his, uh, he became famous when he was 16 and carjacked a car uh, down in Virginia, went to prison for nine years, and instead of giving up, he uh, gave himself, taught himself college education or took advantage of whatever they did in prison there to get a college education. Now he's a renowned poet, and he lectures about and he advocates against about uh, prison reform because no one wants to go to prison because it's hideous there. <laughs> well, that's one reason. Sure. So he's going to be here on the 24th, and he's going to be really interesting. Yeah, so keep an eye out on the uh, the What's On It Western emails. Keep an eye on your, your events in the MyWCSU app, and just look out for... Uh, Big gatherings of people. Gatherings of people. Uh, look at the, the digital signage monitors for any ads for upcoming stuff, and uh, right. let us know if you have any questions. And... Uh, talk to Shant. If you see Chantel walking across the uh, quad, you can stop her and ask her questions. <laughs> it scare the pants off her. Yeah. <laughs> All right, great. Good. Pete reminded me that this podcast is a great way for you students to connect with your parents without having to actually talk with them. Picture it. You have moved out to Dakota College. The parents explore their newfound freedom by staying up late, walking around the house naked, maybe singing karaoke to 60s rock or playing wee bowling, and otherwise enjoying each other's company. And now that they've gotten that out of their system, they miss you. So they start texting and leaving phone messages. But hey, you're busy. So get them to subscribe to WCSU 411. That way they can learn what's going on at Westcon and stop bothering you. You and your parents can find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or Google Play. Set it up for them so they can listen to the podcast on Alexa while they're doing the dishes, if you know what I mean. So thanks for that important tip, Pete. And thanks also to producer Scott Volpe. Together, these two make sure the podcast sounds great, meets federal communication regulations, and is always available for your listening pleasure. For Chantel Williams, I'm Paul Steinmetz. We'll be back next week, I'm pretty sure, for a new edition of WCSU 411.